Jemin's point of view. I ran my hands through my hair. Over and over, I tugged gently at the dyed brown hair on my head, feeling the slight tension and gripping onto that sensation. Feeling things has become so difficult, so much so that it seems that I've become numb. I keep holding on to the thought of Cora. She's collecting her things, preparing herself, and getting ready to get us both out of here. That's the only thing keeping me sane. Cora and her willingness to get me back home. I really am thankful for her, honestly. She's been willing to give up everything, everything to save me. Granted, it is my fault that she's doing so. If I had never made her see the light, so to speak, she wouldn't have a reason to abandon what is essentially her entire life. All of it, her friends, family, lifestyle, it's all gone. And all because of me. I would most definitely be insane by now if not for Lee Cora. I've grown to be entirely dependent on her. I really do need her. Today is day seven. Today is the day we either get out of here or die trying. It will all go down today and I will either be at home with Bangton or in a shallow grave by the end of it. Cora has yet to come with breakfast, so I'm not sure of the time, but I know. Our escape isn't until night, once it's dark. I just have to wait it out for a few more hours and I'll seal my fate. The door opens and my saving grace enters the room, food in hand. She's wearing dark blue jeans and a black top, something that won't be very noticeable under the cover of night. I myself am wearing my gray sweatpants and the black shirt in order to keep me hidden. Darker colors work best for dark nights, after all. Cora hands me the food, giving me an indignant look as she does so. It's not one of meaning, though. It's the same fake it she's been putting up since she decided that she wanted to help me. I keep my head down, as I've learned to do, and say a few quiet words of thanks as she passes the tray onto my hands. She leaves and I begin to eat, as I always do. There is information written on the napkin today, scrawled in messy and quick handwriting it reads. Today is the day. Post Sam, I will get you. See. A small heart is also jotted down at the bottom of the page, and I can't help but smile at the thought of it. Quickly though, I spread the napkin with one hand after putting it in my pocket, and then I covertly begin to put the small torn pieces into my mouth. It's paper and doesn't taste very good, but it's eliminating incriminating evidence, and that's all I need to worry about right now. This is it. This is my last day here. Cora's message is pretty straightforward. It says simply that she's going to get me some time after I'm done at the sanitation block. If there's anything I'll miss about this place, it's the sanitation block. It's the place where I've become comfortable. It's the place I can truly express myself around Cora, and it's the only place where we can discuss our imminent escape. It's fair Cora and I really got to know each other. For instance, I learned that she's only 23, and as such is a year younger than me. We laughed about this simply because if asked which one of us was older, anyone would choose Cora. She's certainly much more mature than I am, but that's just the way she was raised. She never really got to be a kid, so she's mentally much older than she's physically. I also learned that she can sing and play piano, and that she can speak English. Her mother taught her to do all the three of these things. 
and I promised her that we, after we got out of here, I'd help her track her mother down. Jessica Bernathy is a name I'll have to remember for Cora's sake. Time passes slowly. Maybe it passes quickly. It's all a blur at this point. I'm in such a state of anxious anticipation that the passage of time is quite distorted. That, and I've been in the same clockless, dreary, and altogether bleak womb for so long that time doesn't seem to pass the same way. Rather than by minutes and seconds, it passes by more times and visits from Cora. It's only been a couple of weeks, but it's been enough to spring me up pretty badly. I'm going to need serious therapy after this. Noon finally rolls around at about the time when I begin to get anxious. I've started scratching myself mostly on my legs to keep my hands busy. I've already worn out of the pads of my clothes that I used to play with to occupy me, and the plastic silverware that I acquire from meals only lasts a few hours. So mild pain and discomfort have solidified themselves as staples in retaining my sanity. Today is a happy, nervous, hectic day. I play my character well during the now hour long breaking session, and Cora does the same. But inside, I'm bouncing off the walls. Today is the last day. I will ever have to do this. After today, Cora and I can abandon these characters. We can discard them and finally be true to both each other and ourselves wholeheartedly. I anticipate those days. The session ends and Cora shoots me a wink while her back is turned to the mirror. I neither return it nor react, as doing so could cause potential harm, but I do appreciate the gesture. She leaves without a word, walking with a sense of purpose and dignity. Something I love about her. Cora holds herself with such confidence, such pride, and it really can quite a room. She is absolutely vicious, and I find that quite endearing, as contradictory as that sounds. Granted, my thought process it at least a little bit messed up the moment, but I rest my case. More idle actions busy my until dinner comes. More information is given to me this time, and everything is normal, just as it should be. Just like the routine, I eat and busy myself with the silverware and napkins for as long as they last. Just a few more hours now, just a little bit longer. Time skipped. I doze up shortly after eating, but I don't think I'm asleep for long. I wake to the sound of the door to the foul cell opening and assume it's Cora, but I say nothing, as I'm accustomed to doing. Needless to say, what I see is not Cora. It's a try of men, one of which is obviously the superior to the other two. This commanding officer is smartly dressed in a black suit and tie, and he has his hands behind his back, as if to imply that he never has to get his hands dirty, and that others to do the dirty work for him. Their so-called others are the other two men. Not quite those huge brawlers, as Cora called them, but muscular men standing side by side with a purpose that's very much intimidating. Take him, the suit says, gesturing fearlessly at me. The two men close in, lifting me up roughly and uncovering the chain from the wall. I don't resist, I can't resist, but I have no idea what I should do. I consider fighting back, calling for Cora, or doing anything of the sort, but no matter what I do, I'll have a chance of getting both myself and Cora killed. I instead just let the man lead me roughly to our unknown destination. Vaguely as if we turn a corner in one of the many widening hallways, I hear a many rush and stealthy 
footsteps. I think someone's following me. I hope to God it's Cora. I'm led to all over the place until finally I heard the sound of a door opening and I'm carelessly pushed inside. The room is dimly lit and dark, with small floodlights illuminating certain objects on the floor. These objects are more correctly mechanisms, seems to be tools of torture in one way or other, and I'm scared to death of all of them. Where is Cora? I think I need her to get me out of here. Without a word, the suit glances in furious by pointing to the table and nodding. My captors nod obediently and drag on now fighting me over towards the table. I can't die like this. I'm supposed to get out today and I still intend to. I cannot die like this. I'm pushed onto the table despite my struggling and straps are pulled taut against my wrists and ankles, holding me in place. I pull against them but it's useless. I turn to look at the suit as he slowly approaches me, hands once again behind his back. I'm sure you're wondering what's going on, he says, looking me in the eyes. That's right, isn't it? I nod, not knowing how else to respond. That's reasonable. Allow me to introduce myself to you, Park Jimin. My name is Reich. I'm the second in commander of this base, and I'll be managing your session today. Reich, I think remembering the name, this is the guy that fathered Gora. This is Taivu. Now, do you want to know why we are doing this to you? I nod again. <sighs> you aren't progressing as well as we previously thought. Your mental state is still much more stable than other of Gora's clients. You're tough and I admire that, but it doesn't suit my needs. We need you to degrade a bit faster or else the police might track us down. That, and we'd prefer to keep you alive. It would certainly make more of a statement, don't you think? Us keeping you alive but destroying your mind to an irreparable point. It proves how powerful we are and yet also how merciful, don't you agree? You can talk, go ahead, I'm all yours. <coughs> y yes, I croak, not knowing what else to say. Agreeable, aren't you? That's quite nice. Now I think we'll... The door opens and a familiar girl enters the room. Ah, just the girl I wanted to see. Cora, how are you? I asks, seeming genuinely interested. Fine, sir, she replies dryly. What's going on? We were just about to begin a bit of work with 402. I would love it if you watched with me. Yes, sir. Cora crosses the room, her eyes on me. She's on the verge of tears and I know it, but she's hiding it quite well. No chinks are visible in her armor. She has truly mastered her character. Anything to say, 402? Taiwo asks me. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Sudden determination forced me. Cora is right here and as soon as I can get myself out of this situation, we can go. We can run away and I can get back to Bangton where I belong. All I have to do is tough this out just a little bit longer. Get it over with, I say, centrally spitting the words. He really does have quite a bit of fight left in him. You weren't kidding, Cora. He pats her on the back. Well, it is what it is. Start it up.
One of the two men puts a cloth over my face, and I suddenly feel the table I'm strapped to tilt backwards. So my head is down and my feet are up in the air on an angle. The bonds that hold me in place only tug more as I move into this new position, and I strain uselessly against them. However, I know that I'm stuck here. I know that Cora is within arm's reach of helping, and I know that she wants to, but she can't. I know that I'm going to have to do this alone, and I know what I'm up against. I'm about to be waterboarded. <laughs>